0: On this week's podcast, we are starting a new series, which I am so excited about. This is something that started for me back in 2017. I received the guidance to write a book called All Roads Lead Home, and the book is meant to be about the religions in the World Peace Grid, the various religions in the World Peace Grid. In the World Peace Grid, we send Reiki to people from all of the different religions, all of the major religions in the world, native people's religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, independent spiritual paths, Christianity, Judaism, the goddess religions, Islam, Shintoism, all others, including agnostics and atheists, Zoroastrianism and Taoism. And the purpose of this book was meant to show people that while we sometimes identify as one particular religion, or our background is one particular religion. If we were to learn more about the other religions and the other spiritual paths, um, then there would be a lot more understanding and a lot more acceptance. And so the purpose of the podcast, we're going to start a series of podcasts, just go interviewing people from each of those religions. And I do want to let you know that for some of the religions such as Buddhism, Hinduism, Christi, sorry, Shintoism, Zoroastrianism, and Taoism, I don't have anybody to interview yet. So if you follow that religion and would like to talk with us on the podcast about it, you can email me through a link in the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Because I really believe that if we understood all of these other religions, we'd realize how familiar or how similar they are, and even for their differences, that they all come back to the same thing, and that is love and just doing good and being helpful to others. And, uh, and I think that we all follow very similar guiding principles. So on this week's podcast, I'm going to be talking to Karen Keg about a very misunderstood religion, paganism, and that falls under the goddess religion. So welcome, Karen. I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love to talk about this because, as you mentioned, it is misunderstood. And mm-hmm. I live in the American South, and I, I am frequently reluctant to identify as a, a pagan because they think I'm worshiping the devil or something.
0: I know. And yet nothing could be further from the truth. And so I, I really am excited about this series to just help us all understand each other. Now there is a good chance this could turn into a book. Everyone stay tuned. I did actually write, I received very specific guidance in 2017 and I did begin writing the first three chapters of the book. So if this does turn into something, by the end of these podcasts or even afterward I will certainly let you know in the meantime just to let you know a little bit about what we have going on at the farm if you don't already get our newsletter go ahead and sign up there's a direct link in the podcast for that I'd also like to let you know about some classes that we have coming up in July July 16th to the 22nd are classes in an Asian and European friendly time zone and those are RMA classes which means those are level one and two and masters and those are the classes that qualify toward professional membership in the ICRT Reiki membership association if you're looking if you're interested in that and we all notice that when you do become a professional member the Reiki energy just seems to begin working with you a little bit differently, like a little bit more seriously. And uh, so I wanted to offer that for our Asian and European friends. So it is very early mornings in North America. It's evenings for in Asia, and it's just regular mornings in Europe. And those are online classes. They're a little shorter day. So it's three days for level one and two and four days for the masters. And then I have a class beginning July 23rd that I'm incredibly excited about. July 23rd and 24th is a level one and two animal Reiki class. It's in person, although if you do want to attend online, let me know because we can accommodate that. And we will be doing that class from Campobello Island, which is our summer home, a little island off the coast of Maine where we can actually work with the ocean and with the whales and seals and porpoises we saw porpoises from the porch just the other day and that class is going to be followed by a whale tour we're going to be going for three hours out onto the water and on the monday july 25th and we're going to be offering animal reiki to the whales the whales should be arriving by the end of July. So we're they're not there yet, but we are looking forward to their arrival. They come in July and August and early September in order to feed. So we're excited about that. And that's followed by a master class. And the master class begins on the 25th because we are also gonna take the masters out to see the whales then. So I hope you can join us. In August, I have some classes in an Australian-friendly time zone. I have Animal Communication and Karuna Reiki. If you'd like to join us for that class, that is going to be Mornings in Australia. Again, there is a day added to each of those classes, a little bit shorter day. It's Mornings in Australia and it's Evenings in North America and very early mornings in Asia. So would love to have you join us if you can. It's probably not, they're probably not accessible for our European friends though. And in October, we have some hybrid classes here at the farm and just a full lineup of them. Go ahead and check those out if you'd like. And finally, if you'd like to pick up the Reiki business book, which Karen is my editor of that book and helped birth it helped bring it to light. I do have a link in the podcast of how you can order it from amazon.com or amazon.ca. It can also be ordered from amazon.uk and Australia as well. And it can be ordered from other independent booksellers. You would just end chapters and places like that. You would just have to go in and ask them to bring it in for you. I do understand it can be a little bit more expensive. The most competitive pricing seems to be on amazon though karen what have you got coming up you've got some classes and you've got a wonderful retreat coming up tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah yeah so we've got the retreat is full that's coming up july 6th through the 9th but i'm teaching the end after i get back from wisconsin i'm teaching one and two on the 16th and 17th and i'm teaching master during the week 19th through the 21st I'm teaching animal one and two the 23rd and 24th and animal reiki master the 28th through the 30th so I'm going to miss the whales but yeah (laughs) but that's going to be incredible I'm definitely coming up there yes you need
0: to come and visit and uh, come see the whales the whale watching tour is actually about where he picks us up is like a one and a half to two minute walk from my house
1: I, uh, when you were talking about the porpoises, I thought there's another book Porpoises from the porch <laughs> <laughs> We do see
0: porpoises from the porch we <laughs> the porch. Yeah. I love it no, it's the most beautiful island it's it was Franklin Roosevelt's summer home and uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt Summer Home. And so there's an international park there, a golf course, there's whales, beaches everywhere, and some of the most friendly, loveliest people that you've ever seen. So that sounds um, like a
1: perfect combination. It's a vacation and you get trained at the same time.
0: That's and nice. it's very cool there. <laughs> so if anybody trying to get away from the summer heat of yeah. July, it's always very temperate there by the water. It's quite lovely. So yes, it is a wonderful retreat. <laughs> Karen, before we begin, let's just start with a brief invocation and just invite everybody to bring their Reiki energy in. So I'm just going to invite people to bring their hands together in Gassho and to close your eyes and take a deep breath. And just allow the Reiki energy to flow through you and to just open and clear each of your chakras beginning above your head at your soul star moving to your crown chakra your brow your throat and your heart chakras your solar plexus your sacral your base chakra and then below your feet into your earth star I'm just opening The chakras so that they are open to the unification consciousness that exists within Holy Fire, Reiki energy. Holy Fire has shown that it contains the unification consciousness. And for those of us who send Reiki to the World Peace Grids, we send Reiki to the following intention. May the followers of all the world's religions and spiritual paths work together to create peace among all people on earth." So we just invite the unification consciousness to flow through us now and to just open us to the Divine Feminine which exists within every religion or almost every religion and spiritual path. And just breathing in the Reiki energy, we move to a place of gratitude today. Grateful for the freedom that exists within our culture today. The opportunity that we have to choose whichever religion speaks the most to us this sense of religious freedom that we have the freedom to practice as we wish to be who we are in an age of the inner authority versus the outer authority we are so grateful to live in this moment in time today and to be of a lineage of light bringers who are not only creating wellness on the earth today, but who are making it more possible for people to be themselves, to be who they are, and be accepted for that. Thank you. A was, and then namaste. I never know what's going to come through when I do those. That was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. I'm feeling just a great sense of excitement from the Reiki energy from source that we are tackling this topic today because it's unusual. I have met some people who don't have religious trauma, but it is unusual to meet. People who don't have religious trauma who haven't been traumatized in some way from their practice of or connection with religion, and so I know William Rand felt so strongly about it that he created the world Peace grids and he created them so beautifully. I know that I was raised Christian, but at one point that religion that I was raised with didn't really define me anymore. It, it's almost as if I outgrew it. And one of the things that was really complicated for me is that it didn't address the divine feminine. And I was raised United Protestant, and there really, we didn't even have Mother Mary, there really was no divine feminine there. And I'm just wondering, what's your history and background and kind of how did you make your way to (laughs) paganism and because certainly paganism is a religion that has been vilified throughout history so talk to us a little bit about your personal history with it and what brought you there
1: i guess i would say i formally dedicated myself to the goddess in 1992 and i was born in 1963 so what is that that's almost 30 years I was raised. I was born into a Christian family, if you will. My mother, I know, was Episcopalian. I went to the Episcopal church with my brother. Oh, at my grandfather's funeral and the Apostles' Creed. I don't know if that was part of your No. Oh, and I remember that my mom, my aunts, my uncles, they all started saying the Apostles' Creed at the funeral in unison. And I was like, where did that come from? I didn't know you knew that. (laughs) Because My mother was Christian, but she believed devoutly that the church was evil and that it was going to be destroyed in the last days. And she would quote from the 17th and 18th chapters of Revelation, come out of her, my people, lest you be partakers of her sins. And so that's the way I was raised. But she would say, but make your own decision. Go to different churches. When I was growing up, I know that she taught me. She said, I used to sing when I was like. Three, Jesus loves me as I know, which they thought was really funny, but I was always connected to Jesus. This is funny. After my parents' divorce and during all the trauma of growing up, I remember missing my father, even though he was a violent alcoholic when he wasn't drunk, he was a wonderful person. (laughs) And I remember after we left being so sad, and I must've been maybe, I don't know, five, six, probably six. And I remember thinking of Jesus as having really big hands. I was thinking about that last night, Pam, after we decided to talk about this, and I thought, isn't that interesting? I associated Jesus with hands. Being a Reiki. Man, wow. Big Reiki but, hands. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in my, in my mind, Jesus had these really huge hands and Jesus would hold me in his hands oh. and I would feel safe. And that probably even goes back to I don't remember a lot about the violence, but I know there were times I had to hide, but there were times that were really bad. And I think that maybe that's where that that came from, that probably my mother planted that seed. That Jesus loves a little chili, like all the little songs that you learn. And that I always felt connected to Jesus as a protector. Now, the rest of it, I, ha- I remember having trouble with, I, re- I remember being horrified by, the story of Noah and the Ark. Oh, really? Absolutely horrified. I remember sitting in the doctor's office. I don't know if you had these in Canada, but we had these like Bible story books. Oh, yes, we had those. And they were blue. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I can still, in my mind, I could see this drawing of a zebra being washed away in the flood that was in the book. And I was completely traumatized by that. I thought, what did the animals do? The animals didn't do anything. That's not fair. And I, of course, it's supposed to be about, I remember seeing, it was a, a big theme for baby nurseries for a while. And I thought, oh my God, who would put that in? What a horrible thing to surround your child with. It's supposed to be about the promise of never destroying the earth again and the rainbow. and But that was that never, I was terrified by the story of Abraham and Isaac. When God asked him to. Sacrifice. Yes. And I remember thinking like, oh, man, <laughs> I hope God didn't appear to me. My mom wasn't the most stable person sometimes. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm making light of this, but uh, oh. because that's what I do. Okay. So just to the listeners, I, when things get really deep and uncomfortable, I laugh. So it's not that I'm making light of it. It's deeply uncomfortable for me. <laughs> and I laugh
0: with you because you're funny. But. <laughs> just
1: like I say, get by, man. But, um, so <laughs> were things about Christianity that I just I wasn't connecting with. Mm-hmm. And then I had so many issues with my dad, daddy issues, that I went through. So my master's thesis that I wrote in my 20s was feminist literary criticism. I was such a radical feminist in my 20s that, because of all the trauma of my father, that I was a follower of Mary Daly and the radical feminists who believed that men were destroying the earth. And it wasn't their fault. It's just testosterone. It makes them that way. And the solution to the world's problems is something called ovular merging. So we can produce, we can reproduce without men by merging the female, the eggs. It produces only female offspring. So we would have like an Amazon. Society. So this is where I was in my twenties. Wow. <laughs> yeah i started thinking i don't know like all those pms women at the same time i don't know
0: (laughs) and life wouldn't be as much fun No, and so so how
1: did i get here this is my path so let me just trying to succinctly summarize 50 almost 59 years of my religious path and like young people today more and more of them do not identify as religious they identify as spiritual i think that's where all of us are going because everything's opening up what happened to me eventually <laughs> I came off of that that really strict feminist path I was really drawn to Native American spirituality that made so, so much I. sense to me
0: yes it. Does. and yet
1: we didn't have the word cultural appropriation back in the 90s but I instinctively knew this isn't right I'm look at me I'm not I'm a like, white person and I'm not native American, but that, that resonated with me so much. And then, you know, how, when you start on the quest, you start asking the questions, if not this, then what? Right. <laughs> and then things start to, to show up. And I see this, it's funny that I started this 30 years ago, but I see it in young people now, young European, white looking people in America like me. And they are drawn as I was to the Celtic, religions the norse religions the what's our native white religion <laughs> and it's paganism and now the word pagan and i used to teach this like, i'm a former english professor so i should have banned this huge stack of books yeah I used to teach goddess religions world literature because world lit one is there is no literature except religious literature and so when you go back to the beginning it's goddess mm-hmm. stuff one of the books I would recommend to my students is called When God Was a Woman, The White Goddess. But I lost my train of thought. What was it? Well, oh, pagan because born. really, the goddess
0: religions were the original religions. They were the original. So that's why I wanted to start this series yes. with and because this. I used,
1: Yeah, I used to tell my students, <laughs> when primitive peoples ask those existential questions, like where does life come from? The answer they came up with was they pointed to the woman next to them and said her. <laughs> I've seen it. Life <laughs> comes from her. I came from her. So they, and then they looked at the earth and they said, we still, Pam and I were talking about, we still say mother earth, mother nature, Yeah. life. We see the plants grow up out of the earth. And so that's the root of it. And the primitive peoples worshiped the earth and woman and normally then it would balance out just the way I did. I thought this is a little off balance. I need a little of the male in there after I had healed. I really needed to connect with my own divine feminine and heal that part of me where I felt like I wasn't good enough to, because I was a girl and that's I'm old, but not that old. My dad, the name carried down through the sun and he was always like, this is my daughter and this is my son. And so that I
0: existed when I was young as well. Yeah. yeah, And so
1: I had to heal that. And then I came to, to seek a balance. And that's where I ended up in the, in, with Wicca. I started with Dianic Wicca, which worships only the goddess. And then I thought, yeah, I need a little bit more. And now I just identify as pagan. Pagan means, it comes from the Latin Pagani, and it means country dweller. Uh, that's just the it means country dweller it means right. the people who follow the old religions and mm-hmm. the word heathen in english that if you trace back its etymology, it means people of the heath okay people the, yeah people well, who lived on the heath same thing country dwellers <laughs> the people who were still out in the country on the, on my parents farm
0: is heathland
1: so i guess i am a heathen, <laughs> <You're> heathen. <laughs> people say it's like what i am like i'm a heathen it's like i've got good manners but I'm, (laughs) it means that I'm very connected to the earth. And so that's what pagan religions are. And there's so much to learn and to reconnect. And like you said, in the invocation, I love that you said this, we all have the divine feminine, even males. Most people, my age are kind of going like, what's up with this, like transgender and pronouns and all of that. But I'm, I'm, I love it. I love that it. people fluid. can be
0: who they are and express who they are and that it's, that it's okay. And
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, we do live in a dual world, but there's some gray areas in between there. And, um, and we all as humans have the masculine and the feminine and the, and you know, I think there's someone I follow who, on TikTok and Instagram, and he says, gender is a colonial construct. And I'm like, it is, because the Native Americans, anyway, they have two-spirit people. Yes, of course. It's, and I've thought about
0: that. Celts used to, they loved the person. And so they might marry a man. And then if that relationship doesn't work out or, or dissolves
1: or whatever, they might marry a woman the next time. It was hard for me to teach. Say, I used to teach the Iliad and the Odyssey in World Lit One. And Achilles, the big bad, if you saw the movie, it was Brad Pitt. Achilles, (laughs) the big bad Greek warrior. The reason he loses his mind is not the way they did it in the movie. Oh, because he was in love with this woman. No, it's because of his love for Patroclus, his his man. And I said, in the Greek society, when you have... If women really aren't in the greek mythology women woman is created as a bane to man as a punishment for man <laughs> as a punishment for man <laughs> for stealing fire that's why all the gods come together and they create pandora the first woman okay. who is a nightmare pandora's box. A, pandora's box she, woman is responsible for everything because we're curious and i was like yeah i would open that box <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, there's like, Me too. Box I might close it quick, but I would open, it. open the box. And so she opens the box and out comes plague and death and all the horrible things. And so woman, and this is what happened to the goddess religions. It's the uh, oppression of women and it's, it's there in the stories. So anyway, I would tell my story in the Iliad of the Odyssey. It's also in the, in the, the Garden of Eden. So your actually. real deep relationship was not with it. you had to. In fact, I can point out passages in Greek literature where they say, Oh, if only we didn't have to have women to have our children and have sons to carry on. Their real love <clears> was for another man because a true love is going to be among equals. Anyway. Wow. That's, I, I digressed a little, but I didn't know that. What, that's, that that's, kind of that's what happened to the goddess religions. They were demonized. I, and they so definitely are.
0: They definitely were. And I know, Karen, that I remember like you when I realized, oh, okay, this container of my Christian background, I had a very strong Christian background. I was a Sunday school teacher for heaven's sakes <laughs> and I had perfect attendance for 18 years in in church uh, in Sunday school myself and uh, sang in the choir and uh, all of that and then when I really started exploring my spirituality I realized, okay, like I still have that base but it's no longer enough to Contain me or to define me. And like you, I was initially very drawn to Native American spirituality. And then it blossomed into a study of Celtic and this sort of thing. And I remember reading a book, The Mists of Avalon. Yeah. And I just remember being devastated at the end of it. And for a little while, like you, I always had a conversation with God and, but like you, I had religious trauma because of the mean God that would create floods and pestilence and wars. And I'm like, that's not the guy I'm talking to. The guy I'm talking to would not be mean like that. And I, so I couldn't reconcile that even as a child, but for a little while I couldn't talk to God. And I I had to talk to the female aspect of god the goddess and which <clears throat> in my spiritual upbringing i didn't know much about or hadn't and so i had to study and we didn't
1: to, even have mother mary we I mean,
0: didn't even have mother mary as protestants like, there was no in
1: fact i taught i was taught that, that was like idol worship and evil and satanic that catholicism that, was satanic
0: oh yes we were taught that catholicism was bad as well As was a protestant yes definitely <laughs> <clears throat> and, and that all that was all there. And but I remember after reading The Myths of Avalon, just falling on my knees and saying, This patriarchal society is so broken. And it's broken for the men just as much as yes. it's broken for the women. It's not one sex over no. the other. It's the imbalance in the way that we're all proceeding and through our life. And I but I remember falling on my knees and going, why have we forgotten about the sacred feminine um, for 2,000 years? And I, the goddess very clearly answered me, because you had to get to know your father. And she said, everybody already knew me. They already were planting plants in the fields. and. and Having chicks hatch and cows having calves and horses having foals and and pigs having piglets they were they all know knew the sacred feminine. you needed to get to know the sacred masculine. and I remember saying, "But two thousand years <laughs> and the goddess said, "Meh, what's two thousand years <laughs> and i thought about it and i realized oh i suppose in the scheme of things 2000 years isn't very long at all and so i feel there's this need for this balance but tell me a little bit about paganism because really people don't know much about it and so tell me about it about the traditions the um
1: i think as a Christian, you probably will recognize many of the basic tenets of it because to bring the pagans into the church, the Christian church adopted many of the traditions. It's the perfect metaphor for this is the second time I went to England, I couch surfed with this man I, I had couch surfed with before. And he said, would you like to go see an Anglo-Saxon church? Of course I would. I teach now just to, to tell people me.
0: what couch surfing is. Couch that surfing
1: yeah. Couchsurfing.org is how you can join and you can host people or you can stay with people for free. And being a single mom on a teacher salary, I, I, I couldn't travel if I didn't couch surf. And you can make friends. My mother said, you're going to be murdered in your sleep. I'm like, no, I won't. But anyway, he <laughs> came to this Saxon church and he said, look at this. And I said, do they still use it? And he said, just for like special occasions, they don't always have no, I think they did have Sunday services. I'm sorry. Anyway, it's this tiny little church. And he said, look at this. And he pulled up, there was like a trap door and he lifted it up. And there were flowers and coins and all of these beautiful things on this rock. And I was like, what is that? And he said, so this is where all the pagans come. And so the church, this Anglo-Saxon church in 900 AD or so, was built on the pagan sacred site. All of the churches. All of the churches were churches built. Were on built sacred sites. Sometimes yes. you can go down and there'll be like a well in the, in the basement of the church, like a sacred. But anyway, and I said, well, isn't that interesting? And I said, so they're, he said, oh yeah, they still come and make their offerings here. It's just, it's inside the church <laughs> and it's this little trap door. And I thought, isn't that interesting? It's the, a metaphor for what has happened, but most pagans whether they're Wiccan or Some people identify as like a Norse pagan or a a basic, a Celtic pagan. All of them in the West, because you have Shintoism is actually Japanese paganism. You've got like your native uh, nature religions, earth-based religions. And of course, that's going to involve the goddess religion. There, There are usually eight holidays. There are four I just we just had the solstice and a lot of people celebrate the solstice
0: I have been guided to celebrate solstices and equinoxes from the beginning before I even knew what they were
1: because we don't have anything without the sun and now that's the masculine aspect so when you were talking about the duality there yeah you got to have the earth but you know what you got to have some sun too because you've got to have that light and that's like the penetrating, the fire, and then you've got the earth. It's the two together that bring life. So that's pretty much what pagans celebrate. They celebrate four solar holidays and then four in-between holidays. And then they usually have what the weekends call espots, They're the monthly moon celebrations. And many traditions associate the moon with the goddess. Cause The moon changes, like the goddess changes. Women, okay. I remember my doctor, my family doctor, who was Catholic, said something to me because I was struggling with depression and this and that. And he said, "You," he said, "You women." He said, "You have it harder." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "You change." He said, "You are, you're always like." He said, "Men are pretty much." He said, "But not you guys." (laughs) And I, I would have resented that when I was younger. And then of course in my forties, I went, you're right. And I embraced it. We change. Like the moon. And that's why the moon is, did you know, speaking of menstrual cycles from earlier, did you know that before the invention of artificial light, all women had their periods either on the new moon or the full moon. I did that tied to the moon. It's a 28 day cycle. It's a lunar cycle. So women the goddess is associated with the moon because of the changes that the moon goes through
0: and you you talk about those changes my husband's diabetic and we've and so was my cousin who's unfortunately passed away but we noticed that with diabetes you can see the changes because with men the sugars are like this but with women because of the hormones the Mm -hmm. sugars go and so diabetes can be more challenging for women to manage. Didn't
1: know that. And
0: so there's a a very visible sign of the fact that women are not the same, and that they and that we are constantly cycling or moving. That's really neat, Karen. Yeah,
1: and so you have a, a duality in paganism. You have the goddess and the god, and the goddess is associated with the earth and the like life-giving and then the god is like the hunter like the great horned hunter like Kerninos, the yes uh, yeah with the like the horns he's associated with the animals so the earth so that maybe the goddess is more associated with i'm thinking of the roman goddess Ceres or demeter in greek associated with the grain and the growing of the crops and then you've got the male is the hunter Cause I don't want to hurt anything. <laughs> you Neither, <know, Me> <laughs> honestly. If, yeah, if I had to provide my own food, I'd be eating tree bark, man. I just like, yeah, I'm like I'm not gonna kill that rabbit, No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe to feed my son, I could. But that is a different aspect of the goddess. So we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, but you have your your two solstices. So mm-hmm. the four solar holidays are huge. They are, they're big. So what I celebrated yesterday. It's not my favorite in the Northern Hemisphere because I live in Arkansas, USA, and it's hot.
0: You guys have had some heat. I did not
1: go out and go, yay, sun. <laughs> I cowered in my house with my air conditioning and said, thank you for all your light. Thank you for my food. Thank you for your burning sun. For me, what in Irish is called litha, the what the summer solstice is about, is... The strong sun, in fact, what I call the full moon in June, the strong sun moon. And what I'm thinking about at this point, because I live in the northern hemisphere, if I moved to Australia, it'd be a complete opposite. I'd be celebrating Yule. But the summer solstice is about intense heat that's going to bring all the crops up and bring them to fruition. Right, yeah. and because it's about like it's about expansion, and so what I. I spent time journaling yesterday about what I want to expand. What do I want to reach out into? And what am I going to have to burn up, if you will, in the in this hot sun? What am I going to have to release in order to expand? So that's, for me, that's what the summer solstice is about. On the opposite, on which we call Yule, my poor son, he said, mom. He said, the teacher asked, he was like in third grade. said, the teacher asked about holidays. And I raised my hand and said, Yule. And nobody knew what I was talking about. I'm like, I said, oh, for heaven's sakes. I said, don't they celebrate the Yule Tide, be gay and all that? And he said, no, uh, <laughs> Yule is Christmas. Yule mm. is the winter solstice. And so what we do on Yule, because it's usually December 20th, 21st. Yeah. Is we get up before dawn and we... Oh, we, the place we went last year, I didn't realize we were in a valley and I timed it like when the sunrise comes up, but we were, we had to wait for it to come over the mountain. It's like, hey, there's, oh, it's glowing. It's glowing. Here, oh, <laughs> here it comes. Here it comes. Like, the first time my friend went with me to celebrate winter solstice, she said, what do we do? Sacrifice a goat? I'm like, no, we just, I said, we're pretty tame pagans. <laughs> we, just, we, we have hot cocoa. We sit there in the dark and we watch. It's incredible. We, uh, we choose a word for the upcoming year. The winter solstice is the longest night of the year and the shortest day. So we sit there in the dark and we watch the sun come up. It comes up and we share, it's like, Welcome back, sun. And we share a word that we want to take into the new year to help us develop. And that's, that's pretty much all we do, but th- we have the two solstices and so one is an extreme expansion and the other one is an extreme turning, turning. inward. And then you have your, your equinoxes. equinoxes. So we have the vernal equinox, which I call Ostara, which we get our word Easter from. And that's in the spring. And then we have Maybon, which is the uh, harvest. The final harvest, if you will. And then you have quarters, uh, like in between those four. It's called the wheel of the year. There are eight of them. So between now and the equinox, August the first, we're going to celebrate Lamas, which comes from the Old English loaf mass. It's called Lunasa in Ireland. Lunissa. Meryl Street made a movie called Dancing at Lunasa. Lou is the god of light. And it's a harvest festival. It's like the first harvest right. if we, yeah. Where I live, everything's burned up by August. But live <laughs> where in, I live, <laughs> we're harvesting in August. Yeah. So it's the first harvest and it's, it's, it's one of the more minor ones. The next one between the equinox and Yule is a huge one. Most people know, cause we celebrate it here. It's called Samhain <clears throat> and it's Halloween. Yeah. And it's, the it's about, harvest. yeah. It's, I call the October moon the blood moon. So, what it symbolizes is the death of the vegetation god. We call it the blood moon. And it is that vegetation god that is reborn on Yule with okay. the return of the sun. Okay. That's the story. And then, so you can see how easy it was to get a blood because Jesus wasn't born in December. No, he was not. They think June, he was probably in the spring. They said June by all accounts. Yeah, it I wasn't think. December. Like no. December twenty fifth is that Saturnalia. That's a, a Roman holiday, and Yule is, but it's the birth of the sun coming back. It was like the longest night, but oh, Here comes the sun. Little dog, they're never to sing the Beatles. And but that's the so it's like the death of the vegetation. God goes inward, the little loop. It's reborn on this on Yule, and then it continues to grow. It's an agricultural cycle. That's all it is. Right. But we have growth cycles. So it, it, for me, it's deeply meaningful to me to, to, to stop at these eight points around the year. Oh, we have Groundhog Day. That's another pagan holiday. That's uh, in bulk. Right. Uh, which in America, I don't know where we got this stupid tradition of pull that poor groundhog out and see if he sees his shadow. But <laughs> it's a pagan holiday it's in between yule and ostara so it's the quickening is it spring yet is it spring yet is it spring yet and And i guess that's why we pull out a groundhog and go nope six (laughs) (laughs) and in bulk is
0: i always have loved because here in february it's very snowy still february 2nd and but it's when the earth is waking up under the snow and under the ice and yeah she's waking up
1: And it just goes every year around. And so at each point, say every couple of months, you're, you are doing like a kind of a life inventory, a moral inventory. What am I ready to let go of? What am I? And it's a spirituality that I practice every day. And then a particular moons. So I'm doing that with the sun. And then every month I'm like, I'm a gardener. And even before I'd found paganism, I always used the farmer's almanac because it worked. Right. You plant radishes, carrots when the moon is uh, during like the dark of the moon.
0: Yeah.
1: Under. And you plant above ground yeah. crops in the full moon. When, it, when it's g- g- going toward full. Sorry. I can't yeah. talk. And then you do that with your life as well. Oh, and then each moon has some significance and a lot of people are into studying astrology and all that there's something yeah. to it
0: even though my parents and my family were very christian and anti-pagan anti-catholic like everything else was evil they still weaned the horses on the full moon and because it, worked. it worked. And they still would watch the they would do certain plantings and things in the garden according to the full or the new moon. And also harvesting, because of course, full moon often would bring frost. They would often be colder. It also
1: makes a difference in how well the vegetables store. Yeah. Because of the water content. The the moon is so tied to, well, and us. And and
0: us, because we're made up mostly of water. And so just the same that I, I had a a native american teacher once who explained that we are mostly water so our bodies respond to the ebb and the flow Mm -hmm. of the tides and of the moon the same the same as the tides do our bodies respond to the moon in the same way so
1: i'd like to flip over and talk about the moon and the goddess yeah so most pagans and Wiccans especially worship, a, it's called the triple goddess. And it's usually symbolized where you have, the, you have the waxing moon, full moon, and then the waning moon. So it'll be like two crescents in a circle. That, yes. And that's a symbol for the triple goddess. And what that means, when I see that as a pagan, it's, it's really comforting to me because I see change life, the only constant in life is change and that it, we may be in the dark of the moon now, but it is moving towards something that it's in, in my life. And as an older woman and a person who worships the goddess, it helps me embrace. I'm moving into my cronehood or maybe I'm in my cronehood. I'm like, dude, I'm a, crone. I'm starting to feel that the crone usually is vilified she's the old hag the Mm -hmm. and in our culture and i'm sure in canadian culture and whoever else is listening in most cultures the older woman is like is just is more than useless she's a burden even more than an older man i remember i just have to trust me on that i've done a lot of research on it but um because we are not menstruating We're not giving birth anymore. We hold all of our wisdom inside. And it's been a little difficult for me to embrace that power, but I'm stepping into it. Yeah, I know some stuff. I know some stuff. I've been through some stuff and I know some stuff. And this is funny that younger women, and I say younger, like women in their forties are coming to me and they For, I think that's why I'm I'm moving into coaching because people are coming and asking me stuff. And there was a part of me, like, well, I don't know anything. But then I'm like, oh, no, actually, yeah, I do. I do. I know a lot of stuff. Tell us about the three cycles the mother. Okay. So, first is the maiden. That's, and you have a lot of goddesses that are maiden goddesses. My one of my favorites is Artemis, but she was the huntress. That's funny, but she's independent. It's the virgin goddesses. Athena, she's another virgin goddess. She sprang boing, to life in Greek mythology straight from Zeus's head. Wow. And she was the only one who could carry Zeus's thunderbolt. She's a real daddy's girl, but she didn't marry. She caused a lot of trouble, but she's a maiden virgin goddess. And the purpose of the maiden is to, she's like that innocence. She's the daughter. She's Persephone who becomes the queen of the underworld in Greek mythology. She's the innocent. She's all the things you love about little girls, not the mean ones, but she, like all the things she's a maiden and she's independent. She's not the mother, that's the middle. She's mm-hmm. becoming. That's the magic of the maiden or the young man is that they're in the stage of becoming, the possibilities, all the directions they can go. That's the maiden stage. Um when my son turned 13 because we didn't have anything, we, in the Jewish culture, and I know you're going to talk to somebody in Judaism. There's a rite of passage. We don't have any rites of, okay, now you're an adult. So I had to do some research, and I created. It's called a spike ceremony. A spike is a little male deer who's just starting to get his yes, little antlers. And so when he on his 13th birthday, I invited every important adult in his life. His Boy Scout troop master, my stepdad, my brother, the important, my sister-in-law was men and women. And we did a circle and each one gave him, I asked him to write their best piece of advice for becoming an adult. And they shared that. And I braided like a cord that I, and it didn't work. I tied around my waist and tied around his waist and I symbolically cut it. Nice. Uh, because I needed, that was more for me. Uh, like he was ready to run, to bolt anyway. <laughs> but Mama needed to cut the cord, like literally. So I just created this ceremony and I said, you are, you're 13 and it's time for you to, I'm, I'm distancing myself from you. Love and, and I recognize that you are becoming your own person. I read So it was like a formal recognition. And we should do that with girls when they get their first period, because then when a girl gets her period, she is moving from the maiden into the mother, which is frightening to think of at 12, it's possible, which is why I'm a pro-choice person. I'm not going to get political, but (laughs) it's possible that she can become a mother when, so that's when though the mother, that's when you are all about giving life creating either if you're not giving birth to children you're giving birth to businesses and ideas you're creating and then you're and you're taking care of things because you're the mother and you got everything going on like i'm the mother and the wife sometimes you have that aspect of the goddess but the mother is more powerful than say the maiden which is funny because in our culture it's the maiden we try to because we try to keep women as little girls in that, that, that need taken care of and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, not to get too far into that. There are three aspects. And then the last stage, the stage I'm moving into is the crone. The crone is the wise woman. She's also the destroyer. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of the crone, like Hecate, like the old woman who stands at the crossroads, (laughs) or I'm wearing my carrot one earrings this is an irish goddess she has her legs wrapped around this huge cauldron she is the not a destroyer but everybody who dies goes into this cauldron of rebirth she is the one who stirs the cauldron so it's a different kind of life like you don't get life without destroying what comes before thank god the egyptians worship the dung beetle yeah thank goodness we have insects to eat up all the dead stuff oh my gosh good
0: insects we'd be in trouble
1: yeah and uh, and that's what that aspect of the goddess is like or kalima in in india she's a destroyer goddess sometimes to okay i just said i just released stuff so i could expand into where i'm going next that release is it's a destruction like like you have to like you have to Destroy it and let it go so you can move forward. That's how, that's how the moon does. The moon, of course, it's just reflecting the light scientifically, but symbolically, it goes through these phases and you've got to have the darkness. And I love the new moon. I love it when the night skies is dark. You see mm. stars and it's green. And that's part of what the crown represents. I know I'm pretty, but... This is the calmest I have ever been in my life. You, you may be thinking. This is the, this is like the, to me, dark can be like that comforting. Oh, like you said about you loved in bulk because of like the snow and then what's happening under the earth. I love wintertime. I love that deep internal reflection and rest. The destruction dark goddess is about rest. And why would we push that away? It's interesting, though, because I think as light workers,
0: sometimes we are so drawn to the light that any reference to dark can be f- presumed as negative or yeah. or, or whatnot. But I, I feel in some of my horse work, which is much more earth based and probably along the lines of paganism a bit more. But in some of my horse work, we talk about the fact that everything still exists in the darkness. It's just our knowledge of it may not be. And I I imagine my yard and the thing that I might bump my shin on. It's there, whether it's light out or dark out, but it just has to do with, with awareness. And that there there can be tremendous gifts in the dark. And you're making me think of it, Karen, about that letting go. That letting go is so important. When when I led the solstice meditation for this podcast last week, that was what I was told. It it was about what are we letting go of so that we can become Mm -hmm. who we want to become by the end of the year, Where are we going and and what do we need to destroy or let go of? So just what is your thought on the the word darkness? Because that shows up in the goddess religions.
1: So as it relates to the goddess religions, especially when you were speaking, I was thinking, so I feed the birds and uh, sunflower seeds. Sometimes they knock them down into one of my flower pots. And, that seed is in the darkness in that if you've ever seen something sprout like the sunflower sprout from a sunflower seed it has to it sits there in the dark we all have to sit in the dark that's where all the potential is is in the darkness that's why this goddess in this cauldron is important because you have to go into the cauldron of darkness to come out a new where creation happens. That's is where creation way. happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, when you were talking about that, I thought, yeah, you have to sit in the dark inside that seed and then you get that, okay, sun. And then I don't know what happens. And then it just starts coming out and then it has to cast off that. I think of sunflower seeds, because those seeds are pretty, those hulls are really cumbersome. Somehow it gets it off and grows pretty fast. And that's what, to me, the darkness is and I've stopped thinking about darkness as evil and bad. In fact, I really kind of stopped thinking about evil. With Reiki, when we talk about, when we, in our lineage, we do the healing spirit attachments. And I emphasize to my student that you, the power of God's love is so powerful. You've charged yourself up with holy fire Reiki and you're releasing it with love. You're not like casting it out. Get out, you evil. You're releasing it with love. And, And I don't even I don't think even of like spiritual, like discarnate spirit things as evil, maybe heavy and negative or but I know that it can be dispelled with the light. Or like you said, like you may your stump is always out there in the dark. It's there whether you bump into it or not you shine a light on it and I don't know I'm really in my old age starting to just go it just is when you talk to somebody with Taoism and that yin yang symbol which is constantly moving it's actually a torus turned into two dimensions you have that little black inside the white and then you have the little white inside the black it's constantly the white inside the black is going to get bigger and the blacks and it's turning and it's it always has one you can't have one without the other and it's always doing this balance so you have so in a goddess religion you embrace all three all three of them right the maiden the mother the crone everything embrace, i do
0: and I, you embrace I, the light and the dark it sounds the like
1: light that. and the dark because it's all part of life
0: it's so all part of the cycle. It, it mm-hmm. seems like it's really cr- an
1: animal Reiki. Oh, I was so, I love that course. It's my favorite course to teach because, because we talk about nature and we talk about how animals view things differently. Animals being pagan is being more like an animal <laughs> trying to pull back and they see a bigger picture. They see it's not. So this is good. This is bad this really I, and i am open to any any spiritual path or any religion the only ones i shy away from are the ones who want to hurt me <laughs> 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 or the ones any anything that says this is the way and the only way that mm. that'll be a red flag for me but and other anything, than that
0: like for me too
1: more than anything i'm curious like how do you do it how do you celebrate this thing called life how do you get through tough times what do you do I've
0: studied religions for a long time and I just find them fascinating yes and the more that you study the more that you realize wait a minute we're not that different remember they showed on Hay House they showed a picture of a pie chart and they said when we first start learning about spirituality, we're out here on the edge of the pie chart, like out here on the crust. And we say, you see, I'm different from you because I'm Christian and you're Buddhist. And then, but he says, once you get closer and closer to the middle, you get to the center and you go, wait a minute, we're all the same pie. And and so that. that's where the idea, for All Roads Lead Home comes from, that one of the things we talk about in Reiki is Reiki isn't a religion. And I asked William about that one day. I said, William, I don't really understand why you say that or why it's important. And he said, religions tend to divide. They tend to make us feel separate from one another. Whereas Reiki, first of all, Reiki works with all religions and it's meant to be inclusive it's meant to include everyone and not to be exclusive or make you feel different from one another so for that purpose it's really a spiritual path as opposed to a religion and he talked about how regardless of your religion Reiki can help you experience it more. And religious trauma often comes up in class. Many people have experienced some form of religious trauma. I actually had one student once who says, I had no religious trauma. And I said, wow, you're the first person I ever met (laughs) (laughs) who has no religious trauma. That's pretty cool. And, And she really didn't, she really, had been raised in a religious spiritual tradition that she or religious tradition that was still that was very comfortable to her in all aspects And, and i found that unusual because so many of us do have some sort of trauma from this lifetime and sometimes even from other lifetimes how do paganism and reiki go together how do you find that works
1: it works perfectly for me the thing about reiki is when you take the reiki principles the reiki ideals just for today do not be angry do not worry be filled with gratitude devote yourself to your work and be other people every living being starting with yourself that i can't think of a religion that goes against yeah and I was telling you when I first started with Wicca, I watched like on TikTok some of these younger Pagans, and I'm like, "That I've been there, I've done that," and they're very concerned about. Okay, so for this moon, you have to have this color of a candle, and this crystal is good, and use these herbs. It's good to, and, and I, and that's where I was because I was finding my way, like branching out. There's got to be something else. Well, let me try this, and it was. It reminded me of how. Mrs. Takata taught Reiki before we could, we were ready say at Reiki master to learn a more intuitive and like really trust in yourself and trust in that connection to the divine before you really learn to trust. You start with put your hands here, put your hands here and feel. And that's where we all start. And so I think that for me, Reiki I looked at it more as, I didn't look at it as a spiritual path at the beginning, but what happened was the practices, except the major things, I really stick to the wheel of the year because it helps me. And Reiki doesn't interfere with that, but I noticed that the things that I used to, oh, I need to do this, or I need, that just slid, slid into the background. It's still, oh yeah, I know. I can tell you what herb to use for that or whatever, but that kind of slid to the background and now it's part of my crone knowledge, I guess. It's like, yeah, I use a, uh... okay, now I can't think of one. <laughs> but sometimes people ask me like, what can I use to open up, you know, like to open up my sinuses? Oh, here, use some of this mint stuff or here, use some artemisia. But that's herbally stuff. I can remember uh, the man I, I stayed with, in couch surfing, he had, he was a Reiki practitioner and he said, I'm a witch. And so when I got there, I asked him, I said, so I said, what kind of witch are you? And he said, I said, are you Wiccan? He said, oh God, no. He said, those people that go flouncing about in those robes. He said, no, I'm not that. He said, I'm a hedge witch. And I don't use the word witch either. That has really negative connotations. That has
0: really negative connotations. But, um, but
1: he, he felt comfortable with that term. Which, yeah, he said, Karen, I put that on there to scare most people away. It didn't work on you. I said, no, I thought, oh, you must be a very nice man. <laughs> <laughs> Those witches, I know, are very nice people. They're pagans, And the, the word, the whoa That's there's kind of some dissension on should we use the witch word or not use the witch word, which just means wise woman. Oh, um, wow. But it has such a negative connotation that I don't, I did, you know what? I would not be doing this podcast with you five years ago because my son, and because of where I. And you live said, in the Bible Belt, and I would not want my son to be punished for, or ostracized, or even myself. I have stepped into. So I've been since 1992, but just oh, I so said like I'm in the broom closet. Yeah, I'm a Wiccan, but I'm in the broom closet, <laughs> not just the closet, the broom. Closet. In the broom closet, man. <laughs> But I think it, it's hard for me to identify as one specific thing. That's why I just embrace the term pagan now because I don't, I used to say I'm a solitary eclectic witch, <laughs> uh, meaning that I, I practice by myself and I draw from many different traditions. And now I'm just like, I think I'm just a Reiki master. It's love, just love. That's all. That's all the religions are. Like you said at the very beginning. It's just different ways of trying to find the love in yourself.
0: And to experience it and express it, isn't it? And yeah. Vidya told me that once. She said she followed different religions, and now her religion is Reiki because Reiki is love. Mm. And she follows the religion of love. And she said, really, every religion has yes, love yeah. at its core. Every person, every animal, every being in existence on the planet. We all have love at our core, don't we? Regardless of how we choose to worship or express it. Yep. Um, Very well said. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Every so often. (laughs) Well, Karen, is there anything, what would you advise somebody who's, and, and you mentioned to me that you notice a lot of young people are embracing this. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: I think it's because they are traumatized (laughs) by what they see going on in the name of religion. Mm. And I have a great deal of faith in young people. I do too. I I really do. I know, like, I'm technically a boomer. I think you're Gen X. I'm technically a boomer. I'm like, just barely the tail end of it. Like, whatever, boomer. But I'm one of the boomers that I'm looking at. I'm saying like, no, you have figured out the BS. You've gone that, we're not doing that anymore. And they're throwing things out and they're, they have so much to deal with, but I think that they're looking at one, the planet Yeah. way back in the eighties when I first started teaching Joseph Campbell, which by the way, if you haven't read this, the power of myth he is the world's foremost mythologist. He died in the eighties. And there's a series with Bill Moyers where he talks about all the different myths and by myth, he means not like, it's not true. The stories, the right. religions, he puts religion in, In he calls it a myth, not that it's not true. He said, all religions are true. All religions are true for their time and their place where they are. They're all true because they all go back to love. But I think that young people are looking at the earth and the planet and where else are you going to go back to? (laughs) Look at what we're doing to the the planet that sustains us. And so that's, to me, is a very natural place to go is to the pagan religions too. Let's celebrate the seasons while we still have them. Let's see if we can't get back into balance it's that call to balance that's what's drawing them to that and they're eschewing religions because religions are too limiting they're not big enough anymore
0: i've heard a lot of people say that when they get into their reiki journey that that they've gone beyond that's it like Mm -hmm. not that they've discarded it necessarily Mm -hmm. but that their understanding
1: has gone beyond and we're creating new stuff. I did a women's retreat. I did a Reiki experience at a women's full moon retreat. The woman who or- organized it was Jewish. There was a, a woman who was big in the Baptist church here, and there were lots of different religions. But these two, I think they were both Baptists, but they were they had left their churches, and they were talking about how they didn't miss the confining aspects of it but they said you know what i miss and the reason they had come to this women's full moon retreat overnight i miss the fellowship and that is i think something useful from organized religion is that sense of belonging and when you are just beaten down and just oh can't move forward to have a group of people who say come here we will love you come be part of our group that's an important part, but we have a long discussion about how that part is needed. We need the fellowship or that's a masculine word. But we need the uh, camaraderie. Yeah. This is probably also masculine. All the words are masculine doesn't matter. <laughs> we need to come together, not just women, men, all of us. We need a home. And I think for me, that's, that is taken by Reiki now, you know, that's. Because it's such a mixture. I accidentally scheduled a class on Easter a couple of years ago. And then I thought, oh heavens, nobody's gonna take it Reiki one and two on Easter. And I had a Hindu and a Jewish person. (laughs) And I was like, that's fabulous. And I'm like, hey, I'm pagan. (laughs) And like, so let's do this. And it's so beautiful to me that. The Holy Fire, which I was resistant to, I didn't take it to Holy Fire too. I heard Holy Fire said, "Uh, uh-uh, I don't want to do that because really? it's Okay, and I then didn't now right
0: away, I waited till 2015 to take Holy Fire uh, yeah. yeah,
1: and now I work with Jesus again. Jesus yeah. in His hands. Jesus in His hands. So I've come back to Jesus. How could you be pagan and 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 work with Jesus? Well, I've always worked with Jesus, and Jesus is the ultimate healer, and He was the one who took care of me. That ascended master who figuratively held the little girl in his hands. So now I've come back to working with Jesus, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin. Yeah. It's just lovely. Yeah.
0: I love it. Karen, what advice do you have for anybody who's interested in exploring the goddess religions further and learning more about them?
1: I would. Because, like I said, I'm seeing a lot. Out there, a lot of young
0: people aren't. You? A lot
1: of young people, and I did go to some gatherings and stuff, and I did come to the conclusion with a lot of, like my friend in England, like all oh, these people flouncing about in robes. It seemed more like a costume dress up. Right. I'm, like, I'm a witch. Here's my wand, and I, so I was like, "No, this isn't it. This is not what I'm looking. These, these are not the witches I'm looking for." And honestly, I would recommend going inward and i get some books scott cunningham get
0: you've got a whole facebook
1: groups you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of people that are looking i would as william always says you go in you follow the inner authority always look to an inner authority not an outer authority because you can get mixed up with some people are a little off track, I would say. And that's true in any religion, not just paganism. Oh, yes. But find some books. And you're going to find you're going to be doing a lot of meditating. A lot. And if you find yourself like, okay, get a candle on the full moon by yourself. Make a little circle. I did, I did all the things. And you stick to some things. You create your own connection to the divine. And if they are interested in paganism as a path, most people who listen are already on the Reiki path. I would just say, continue, use your Reiki principles and then just start paying attention to your connection to the seasons and to the earth, to yeah. the sun and to the moon. That's all paganism is. The pinnacle, the pentagram, yeah. that represents... Earth, air, fire, water, spirit—five elements. It's a sacred symbol. That's another thing that has been demonized, turned upside down as a satanic symbol. But <clears throat> it back, like when I used to teach Goethe in World Lit Two. Do you know the story of Faust? No. Mephistopheles, the demon who was Faust, sells his soul to the devil in order to get something. You probably know that story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the play, he says we're able to get in here and mephistopheles says oh this is the pentagram on your door he said it has a broken leg and my students were always shocked by that i'm like no the pentagram was a protection symbol it was to keep the devil out it's not a symbol of the devil but but when i think of a pentagram i think of that's the essence of paganism earth air fire water and spirit the things that we we're made of earth. We're made of water. We're made of air and fire. The electrical impulses running through our body and spirit—it's it's us. So, keep it simple. That's my advice. Keep it simple. <clears throat> Don't spirit. get all into it. yeah. And it's very much like the
0: the earth-based Native American religions: the four directions and exactly earth, air, fire, water. exactly in upper
1: i think their colors are a little yeah Mm -hmm. and the direction so for me north is earth and east is air and south is fire and west is water and i think in the native americans it's something different but i can't remember no i'm not sure that's my practice i love
0: it is there anything else you want to add karen before you're going to lead us in a uh, Song of the Goddess. Yeah. Song of the Goddess today, and we're just going to invite people. You don't have to just to listen to this beautiful goddess prayer, and just maybe it might be nice to allow it to open up the divine feminine within you, whatever that is, and whatever tradition that you...
1: Yes, because this could be Isis of mm-hmm. Egyptian. It could be Mother Mary. It could be any goddess you identify with, Kuan Yin.
0: And it could be your own divine feminine awakening as well. So,
1: yeah. So, Karen, I'm going to ask you to go ahead. Okay. So just, if you would, just, if you've got Reiki, go ahead and activate your Reiki. Place your hands over your heart. Continue taking deep breaths, deep belly breaths. And just listen to the song of the goddess. I am the great mother worshiped by all creation and existent prior to their consciousness. I am the primal female force, boundless and eternal. I am the chaste goddess of the moon, the lady of all magic. The winds and moving leaves sing my name. I wear the crescent moon upon my brow, and my feet rest among the starry heavens. I am mysteries yet unsolved a path newly set upon. I am a field untouched by the plow. Rejoice in me and know the fullness of youth. I am the blessed mother, the gracious lady of the harvest. I am clothed with the deep cool wonder of the earth and the gold of the fields heavy with grain. By me, The tides of the earth are ruled. All things come to fruition according to my season. I am refuge and healing. I am the life-giving mother, wondrously fertile. Worship me as the crone, tender of the unbroken cycle of death and rebirth. I am the wheel, the shadow of the moon. I rule the tides of women and men and give release and renewal to weary souls. Though the darkness of death is my domain, the joy of birth is my gift. I am the goddess of the moon, the earth, the seas, my names and strengths are manifold. I pour forth magic and power, peace and wisdom. I am the eternal maiden, mother of all, and crone of darkness, and I send you blessings of limitless love. Blessed be. Blessed be.
0: Thank you, Karen. Thanks so much. For thank you for having conversation me. Conversation with us today and just bringing us back to the original religions. I really appreciate that. Just want to say thank you to the listeners as well. Thank you for joining us and thank you for the beautiful light that you are spreading in the world.
1: Namaste.